Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a super fun episode just the other day where we did Kings Cast Kings season preview part one. So we're back at you guys again today for part two uh, as we go into the season. If you're looking for anything Kings cast, we've had a great off season with a ton of episodes. You can find all those episodes and part one wherever you find your podcast. It's bringing in my co-host today, Ryan. What's good? What's going on? It's a uh, Christmas week. I got a few days off of work, so I'm excited to be here as usual. So uh, let's just go ahead and hop into it today, man. I don't really have too much to say. Let's go. Part two. So part one, we released, uh, you know, just a couple of days ago and we broke this up into two parts just because, you know, we felt that there was a lot to talk about. It was a, it was a crazy off season. A lot of things happen. If you've been following out there in Kingsland, you know what's been going on. So in um, part one, you know, Ryan and I really talked about last year and where the Kings were at going into the year and talked a little bit about just kind of maybe why everybody believes uh, what they believe in going into the season, which is maybe not as optimistic or thinking they're not going to be as great, whatever the case. Uh, but Ryan and I kind of broke down our takes and why we thought it might be a little bit of a different take. And it's kind of been a theme for Ryan and I the last, I don't know, pretty much, I guess, years. We feel like we've been on the opposite side of takes, and it's no different as we're going into the season. Uh, I think, Ryan, one of the things I wanted to break it in today was the thing I've been hearing about about – previews from other people is about setting expectations and I think a lot of people like to set those expectations um, for for the season and then they kind of use that to uh, you know gauge how the season went instead of just looking at how the season went right and you I wanted to revisit a conversation that you brought up last week that we didn't get to elaborate on it. And that was about people hedging their bets, right? So you talked about how people currently we think are hedging their bets and they're, they're afraid to make that prediction and, and put the explanation behind it because they don't want to put their name on it if they're wrong. Right. And I, th- I think where, where we're as we're just going to call it what it is and, and, and what we, you know, what we believe is going to happen. Um, what, you know, kind of talk a little bit about that again and reiterate that point if you could. Yeah, so I think that it's a lot easier when you're in, you know, when you're in broadcasting and you're in sports media and when you make your predictions, it's a lot easier to just make that that safe ass just cover your ass prediction 
And then if something does go if something does go right and miraculous and the Kings do make the playoffs, then it's real easy to just be like, well, nobody thought that. You know what I mean? It's just that soft take, cover your ass. People aren't going to call you on your BS. And to me, it's kind of bull crap, right? Because I'm looking at the standings right now, okay? And, you know, Sacramento last year was 31 and 41, right? That's 72 games, correct? And there's 70, there's going to be 72 games coming up this year. And I, looking at the roster, this roster is better than it was last year. So for me, you guys already know where we're at. I just don't see how Sacramento is not better than 31 and 41's record last year. So, you know, people, you know, and we're not saying they're going to make the playoffs, whatever, but, you know, don't cover your ass. Make a real take, people. All right? I, I, I will respect people a lot more if they come out and they make a real assessment instead of saying just, oh, they just need to lose everything and draft some blah, 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 18-year-old that nobody knows and who knows if he's even going to be good. You know what I mean? Like, just make a real take. One of the things Ryan and I have tried to do in this two-part – episode is explain our position and um, I think as we go in today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about well we talked in part one really Ryan we we explained our position on why we were optimistic about the starting lineup and I think that in this in this episode today we're gonna make our predictions on on the NBA and the Western Conference as a whole and and talk about some of the other teams because I think what's happening is people are, are giving the benefit of doubt to a lot of teams. I don't think they should give it a benefit of doubt to. And I hear no explanations behind it. And so that's something we're going to go in today about is, is this the whole league? But I think that uh, we should start off with this, right? We'll start off with just Kings before we get into all of that, because we didn't get to everything. So last week, we, I think one thing we tried to do is go through and break down each position, each player, and talk about pros, cons, some things like that. Um, was there anything left over, Ryan? I think one of the things that I wanted to elaborate about today that we talked a little bit last week was, was the versatility of lineups and the bench. Um, you know, I think we've got to address Halliburton because I was listening back to part one, and we didn't really address his impact. I think some people, a lot of people are super hyped on him. I don't know. You know, we were very much hashtag TTP trade the pick early on, and I still feel like that would have been the best outcome for them to be successful this year. We're not upset. Guy looks cool. What's your thoughts on Halliburton, his impact? You want to drop a take on that? I, I think that he is going to split minutes with Corey Joseph, and, you know, we don't we haven't been high on Corey Joseph at all. So I guess that's a plus. I think defensively he's going to help a little bit, but a lot of people are coming out and saying that he's going to, he's going to do this and he's going to put the all-around numbers up. He's going to have the rebounds, the assists, you know, he's going to score 10 points a game. And I, one, I saw one take online was like a 10, six and six. And for me, it's like, dude, pump the brakes just a little bit. People pump the brakes. You know, I, I think he, uh, he's going to struggle at times, dude, people, you know, they, they, he had one good preseason game and, you know, people tend to get a little hype. I think he's going to struggle. You know, I think it's going to take him until after the all-star break to really get in that groove. People, you know, you got to remember he's a 180 pound kid, you know, his, his shots not as developed. It takes a long time to get going. Um, and then also he's playing behind Buddy Hield and Darren Fox, dude. And, you know, how many minutes are really going to be available to him? You know, everybody knows Harrison Barnes led our team in minutes last year. You know, Fox is probably going to lead the team's team in minutes this year, but he's going to get his minutes. So I, you know, I, I have a hard time seeing him playing um, in a, in a lineup that's going to allow him to, uh, to flourish really. You know, I think there's gonna be some times where he's playing with like Corey Joseph, him, uh, you know, the, the backup role, Bielisa, 
And I, you know, I just don't see him putting around all around numbers like that. He's going to be a good player in the future, but I, his impact to me this year, I don't think it's nearly as high as everybody's saying. Which is a really different thing. I mean, really that, that take right there is so, you know, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's off, but it's so off of what everybody else is saying because uh, I think a lot of people right now are expecting, you know, it's so crazy how hyped people are about, about players, you know, and uh, I think people are talking about a oh, rookie of the year. I'm like, I, he's not going to start like that. You know, no. Lamella ball is going to play a lot. Other yeah. guys are going to get more of the, more Wiseman, of that. Wiseman, ball Wiseman started last night. Yeah. There's, and there's going to be guys, you know, like uh, who was my favorite guy in the draft, Cole Anthony, you know, a guy like that, who's going to come off the bench, but he's going to have that scoring uh, scoring. Yeah. He's going to have the ball in his hands and, with Halliburton, I don't think he's going to have the ball in his hands that much. You know, people have to realize he's, you know, he's not going to play minutes. Like, look at, look at Darren Fox as a rookie. Look at Marvin Bagley as a rookie. People, people were always saying, well, he need, they all need to get more minutes. Well, that's not what rookies do. Rookies, especially the young guys who are 19, they're going to get eased into it. Sacramento's not going to just throw this guy into the fire and all of a sudden he's playing 30 minutes a night, like Anthony Edwards is going to do, like James Wiseman did. You know, these, he's not going to get his minutes like that. Uh, so, you know, and, and eventually I would like to see him in the season do that, but rookie of the year talk, nah, he's not going to get those minutes, dude. There's a lot of guys, Obi Toppin, who's going to get straight minutes in New York, dude, you know, so rookie of the year talks. No, I don't even think all rookie first team. I don't think he's going to have the stats for that prediction is all rookie second team for him. Um, he's going to have a solid, he's gonna have a solid career. He is good. You watching him play. He understands, uh, but his impact people pump the brakes, you know, when, when it comes, you know, in December and everyone's trying to, well, why doesn't he get the minutes? It's because he's a 19-year-old kid who weighs 180 pounds and he's not ready, guys. Preseason's a lot different than the regular season. And, and this is where, well, okay, I'll talk about it. My prediction on him is I think he's going to play the role that we wanted Bogey to play in previous years with maybe not as much of the scoring output. So what I mean by that is, like, is you need to have a backup guy who can – handle who is versatile can handle the ball who can play defense who can score whatever you know I think at times the guy's probably going to play with Corey Joseph I think that's kind of where his role is too where he's off the uh, off the bench I think that going into this year there I really think that De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill are going to play crazy minutes I think Buddy Hill's going to play like 34 minutes 33 you know something really high like that I think he's gonna play that many minutes and uh I don't think at any time Halliburton's going to challenge or break that starting lineup so really He'll be the secondary guard that's just in there. I think he'll actually will play. I just don't think the statistical output's going to be there just because. Yeah, and I just don't think he's going to get the touches, man. You know, yeah. when, you, when you're out there with Darren Fox, you're out there with Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald, those guys are clearly the one, two, and three options on offense, you know? And then you have Harrison Barnes, who's, you know, three, four with Bagley right there. He's not going to get the touches, guys. He's just not. His, his scoring is going to come off of him getting steals and fast break dunks how he did in the preseason and then an occasional spot up shot, but he's never going to get the ball. They're never going to, you know, put him in an isolation situation and give him, you know, situations where he's shooting seven shots a game like that. No, I would say three to five shots a game, mostly on fast breaks and, you know, maybe a corner three once in a while. This is, it leads into what I think there was a good poll. Uh, I, I want to say maybe that guy, Ryan Jameson, put it on one of the groups we're in. But he put it in there, and it was he talked about the uh, the minutes al allocating minutes on a starting lineup. And it was a really good poll because it put things in perspective about 
what he did is he put this is the starting lineup and he excluded them. And then he put all the other bench players. He said, you know, basically pick five of these guys and these guys are going to play. And um, what it did is it really excluded some of those fringe players that all preseason people get hyped about. And I think at this time of the year, people look at Kyle Guy and his his game and oh Halliburton and you know whomever you you name them. Right? It's it's. Oh well, they're going to be factor in the rotation. Really, the rotation is going to be pretty limited. I think guys are going to get uh, that are playing are going to play a lot of minutes, and um, and I think there's the one thing I wanted to reiterate this episode, and it's kind of a part of the reason I brought up the topic was that we do think the Kings have this versatility between the front court and the back court to play different matchups. Um, one things that came out in between Ryan uh, part one and then part two today was. Do you notice that Rashawn Holmes is playing? Is shoot? They're talking about his shooting, is his uh, his perimeter shooting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of the things with that is I think that there is a realization amongst him, probably some self realization, right, and self awareness from him, and then probably from the staff to say, "Hey, man, if you're going to fit in on this team, you got to be able to do these other things." Because there's a guy, but you know, the the thing on Rashawn Holmes is like, oh, you're gritty, you work hard, you get in the in the mix. But now you have a bigger guy. You have two guys in the front court who do that better than him, you know, in Bagley and Whiteside. So now I think he's got to expand his game uh, and become that stretch player because I think that at times the guy is going to have to play power forward. I said the other day, if he played 99, he'd be a power forward. You know what I mean? He's going to. I think that that's what they're they're looking at. I'm I, I don't know. I'm just hoping that he doesn't turn into where he starts just jacking those things up when he's playing real minutes and real because that would really frustrate me. That would probably be the most frustrating thing as we go into the season, right? Well, yeah, and I, I don't think that's going to happen. Would he shoot one three pointer in the preseason? He shot once, like from what I saw, maybe like at the end of the game when I went to the bathroom or something, he shot another one, but I literally saw him shoot one. I don't think it happens, dude. I don't think that he's going to be shooting like that. Um, I understand what you're saying. And I, I do think it's spot on that the, the front office was like, Hey man, you really need to, you know, elevate your game and expand if you want to fit in these lineups, because like you said, you have a, you know, you have a, a power forward in Bagley who's way more talented offensively, offensively than him. And then on the flip side, at center, Hassan Whiteside is one of the best, you know, interior defenders, rebounders in the in the NBA. So I think they told him, "Hey, Rashawn Holmes, you got to expand. You got to figure out where you're going to fit in on this. If you want to play in extensive minutes like he did last year, you're going to have to get in where you can fit in." So uh, yeah, it's a good take, man. I, I I didn't even know you're going to bring that up, honestly. Yeah, just a little bit about I'm just nitpicking the lineup, and I think that one of the things I wanted to accomplish was really talk about. How, you know this lineup and i think it's praising it's praising the versatility within it because it is yeah. it is probably the most that, that was one of the things over the a, a bunch of years even when like demarcus cousins was here i always felt like they, the kings front office tried to just slap together players and throw them out there that they didn't really make any sense as far as what they wanted to do right and, and they were always very one-dimensional lineups i think that was even the problem last year they were extremely one-dimensional lineups and i think that's why they got nba is a game of matchups and then when you get into a matchup where your your one-dimensional lineup does not match up with that opposing team you take l's and that's a big you just watch the nba um that's why like even glenn robinson i'm excited by glenn robinson and it's and here's why ryan not because i think glenn robinson's like this whatever player it's not even that it's that last year we were talking about sometimes you just need athletic physical players 
Because if you're an athletic physical player, you can, hey, go guard that guy really hard for six minutes, right? Or in the fast break, okay, you can get a dunk or you can take someone off the dribble because you're quick and athletic. One of the big knocks last year from us early on in some of our early episodes where the Kings were like slow. Uh, they're all white guys, dude. Like dude. when you have Bielisa <laughs> and Bogdanovich well, and you're just I, like. I remember, I remember having this conversation with you and it was, hey, last night, literally 30 minutes were eaten up together was Buddy Heald, Corey Joseph Bogdanovich. And then you have Bielisa and Holmes or Bielisa or, you know, Holmes and Harrison Barnes. And it's like, dude, who's attacking the basket right there? You know, who's taking anybody off the dribble? And it was something that me and you had pointed out. There was teams last year, you know, that you said last week too, Orlando, uh, you know, just a team that's, you know, record-wise wasn't as good, but they have the versatility of lineups, dude. They have those athletic guys, and it really showed when they when you go play a team like that for Sacramento where it's like, dude, you're just physically unmatched. You know, you're physically just – those guys, you know, they're just better, dude. They look – they pass the eye test, you know. So Sacramento has done a good job this year. That's something that, you know, I think a lot of people aren't talking about. Sacramento has done a good job in getting the versatility of lineups, getting a little more athletic – um, you know, so it's going to be exciting, man. You know, it, it's game day, dude. I woke up hella happy. I put my uh, King sweats on my Kings beanie and we got some Starbucks, dude. The Kings play tonight, guy. I'm so I'm just, uh, Thanks. so last thing is, is I, I guess let's, let's move all off of this, Ryan. Let's talk about storylines. Let's talk about some predictions, uh, with the Kings players. All right. Um, I think it'd be kind of fun if we did things a little different, you know, we'll, we're, we're going to, pre- I think we should predict you tell me around. I think we should predict like leading scorer and some, some of the standard stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I think it would be also fun to start off with like, uh, who's the most likely to be traded this Ooh. year. Oof. See, I, all right, we've, we've talked about this before. There's three guys, okay? There, there really is three guys that are on expiring deals that are valuable to a playoff team if Sacramento falls out of playoff contention early, okay? And it's Whiteside, Beelis, and Holmes. Three of those big guys are three guys um, that I think are most likely. I guess you can slash Jabari Parker in there. Not really too sure where that's going. Just, you know, who knew? But focus on my main three right now, all right? All uh, right. Either one of those guys can be gone like that expiring deal. Like I said, they all bring something to the table. Holmes would bring a spark off the bench. Um, I know B. Lisa, his shooting and, and White's. I'm getting there, dude. I know I'm getting pick there. one. I'm getting you gotta there. pick one. <laughs> I know. I, all right, what I'm doing right now because I didn't pick, really know. You're, you're like you're like going around. Pick one know, and explain your one. All right, all right. Well, people gotta realize. Okay, we don't talk about what we're gonna talk about on the show. Eric kind of just comes up with a show. And the fun of it is, Eric just, we get on here and Eric just throws shit at me. Okay. So I, I really don't know what's happening right now. So it, if I had to pick one, fuck, man. I, B. Elisa. Ooh, I, okay. I think B. Elisa because just, A, everybody needs shooting. It, it's everybody needs shooting. You know, teams need that guy who can come in off the bench for 12 minutes and cast up four threes and, you know, make two of them. Everybody needs that guy. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to go too much into depth. I think Bielisa is is the guy that I think that they can move off of the easiest. Yes, um, that was actually going to be my number one pick there. And, and it, I like that you took uh, uh, quite a bit of a maze to get there. I think that in your head, I could tell you wanted to explain your reasonings for everybody because you're right. There are a lot of people who could get traded. Um, I think one of the things before I give my take real quick, Ryan, on this is that I kind of have this belief this year because it was a shortened off season and there was like this less of a period of evaluation 
teams don't necessarily – I don't think teams are done by any means putting together their roster. And I th- and because of the timeline this season, I do expect teams to be active in trading. And I think that every team in, in the Western Conference all the way through is probably going to have to make a move. You know, even, even you look at the Lakers, how good they are. You know, they're going to be a team that at the deadline, they're going to try to improve their deficiencies. And I think the Kings are no different. That's kind of why I bring this question up is it? I think that the Kings, um, I'm not going to give my, we'll talk about this in our prediction, but I think they're going to have to make a move. And, and for me, um, there's a couple different, different ones there. I think the number one that they're, they're going to have is going to be, uh, is I think it's going to be Rashawn Holmes. All right. Mm. And, and he, here's my thing. I think that there's really, I would like, to, here's what I'd like to see. I would like to see a two for one. I'd like to see Corey Joseph's contract paired with one of these guys and bring back like a real player. Uh, but I think it's going to be Rashawn Holmes uh, because I think the, I think Bielisa, I think Bielisa's ability to play, to truly play the four like that. And I think he could play next to Bagley, and he and if Bagley's not, you know, he could play next to Whiteside. He he's the better power forward for them, and I think that's what it comes down to. And I so and I think that Rashawn Holmes is not going to be a guy you're going to want to sign after this year, maybe. And I think that's why. So I think he's more likely to get traded. Um, if I had to do my wish of a player to get traded, it's going to be Corey Joseph. But I didn't really want to go into fantasy trades in our season preview right now. I, you know, Corey Joseph is the guy who I want to see traded. Uh, real quick, though, I, you know, and I almost went this route, but people, you know, I, I watched the Lakers game last night, okay? I do watch, I watch a lot of, I watch all the games, especially, you know, I watch a lot of Lakers, like, uh, Laker games because I am a LeBron fan, dude. I do like watching him play. Last night, there were, they're lacking the big man in the middle, dude. You know, the backup, whatever. They started Mark Gasol, I think. Gasol literally zero points, like one rebound in like very limited minutes. Outside of that, they don't have a backup center. There's no backup center in LA. They have guys like Montrez Harrell, you know, Anthony Davis, I guess. But you, you, you don't have a backup center. Hassan Whiteside, if he, if he does go anywhere, I think it's to LA. That that would that'll be my that'll be my you heard it here first. Hassan Whiteside to the Lakers if he does get traded. Personally, I don't. I I want Hassan Whiteside to stay here, and I, want I do as to, well. I want him to be here long term. That's more what I want. So I'm not even going to put him in a trade talks unless I have to. I do as um, well. But I was watching, and it was a it was a glaring hole that I saw last night, and it just makes sense. All right, this is this is going to be a very fun one, Ryan. I think I'm going to take this away first because you got to go first last time. Okay. Um, <laughs> It wouldn't be Kangs if we did do who's going to be the fan favorite. Who's going to be the locker room guy this yeah. year, the slap hands guy. Uh, you know, who's going to be that guy, you know, the slap most, slap the biggest slap, slap hands, slap hands, the biggest uh, fan favorite. I think the biggest fan favorite is going to be Halliburton to me. And, and, and what, and why I brought this topic up is who's going to be the guy that like on all of the Facebook groups and on the Twitter and in the, the little blog articles, like, it's going to be this guy's name calling for him to – he needs to play more minutes. He needs to be in the run. And, and, and it's not a knock on him. We talked about Halliburton and what we think is – and I think that's why I picked it is where we see his role. And I, I think, like, the in recent years, like, the most popular guy has just kind of been that guard off the bench. <laughs> and I think that because he's a rookie, he's going to – when he comes in, he's going to look good. He's going to play – and people are going to say – he needs to develop. You need to get him in. You need to get him in. And I think that we're going to be hearing for that all year. 
And I think the reason I picked this is because I feel so strongly that it's okay that this guy's just a bench player all year. And I think that's where he's best off. And, and that's where the Kings are best off. And so uh, I feel like this year I'm going to predict it, the fan favorite. We're going to be having to fend off those takes on why he's going to be in the bench. I'm going to go with Rashawn Holmes again, dude, two years in a row. But look at, and this is why it's, it's the same type of thing, dude. I think eventually Whiteside's going to crack the starting lineup. Eventually, and if he doesn't, Whiteside's going to eat up most of those minutes. You know, there's 40, what, 48 minutes in a game? You know, Whiteside is going to get 20 minutes at least a game, dude. So he's going to cut into Rashawn Holmes' minutes, and I think people are going to get pissed. For some reason, people don't like Hassan Whiteside. Instead of looking at what he does well, they like to nitpick at what he doesn't do well, right? Like people, you know, during the preseason, this dude's killing it on the rebounds. He's blocking shots and all stuff. But all I saw in group chats was, wow, Look how he doesn't get out on the pick and roll and contest that shot. Wow, look at look at that shot by Steph Curry. Whiteside just didn't contest it. I saw it from Matt George. And it's like, he just, that's not what he does well. It's a glaring hole. And it's like, well, <laughs> instead of looking at his deficiencies, why don't you look at what he does better than anybody else in the NBA? And that's block shots and rebound. And it's like, you have that guy on your team. So I think eventually that is going to be a factor to where, you know, they're going to play teams. And it's like, dude, Rashawn Holmes just can't play because Bagley's better than him. Right. And then it's going to be Rashawn Holmes is undersized and he's getting killed down low. He's getting killed down low and they're going to have to play white side and you're going to see it, dude. People are going to, Oh my God, look at, he didn't even put an effort to get out over that screen or blah, blah. And it's like, dude, shut the hell up, dude. Just let the guy pull hella boards, man. So that's my take right there. Rashawn Holmes, People love him, and I, I think it's going to be more of a knock on white side. I, that's a that's a great freaking take, man. That maybe that's a, it's such a fun great take because it's so true. Like you said it right there. That line right there is pretty good. You said that they focus on what he doesn't do, and that's dude. I've all off season I've been wondering why do people how, hate on this guy. I've been wondering all off season why are people hating on and this that's, guy? They do that. And they just Sacramento look at fans, what he doesn't Sacramento do. Fans. Exactly. Sacramento fans, dude, they're notorious for this. They don't look at teams. They don't look at players positives, right? They, if they don't like you, oh, it's only negative. It's only negative. You know, if they do like you, it's only, it's like bogey. They, nobody wanted to talk about bogey's negative stuff on the court. They just want to talk about his positive step. And then for Buddy Heald, it's the flip side. They only want to talk about Buddy Heald not being able to dribble. They don't want to talk about Buddy Heald being a top three, three point shooter, dude. So it's, you know, player, they pick and choose. If they personally don't like you, they're, they're, they can't help it, dude. They just have to go at the negatives. And I, you know, because Hassan Whiteside was here before and how it all went and the, the rap that he has around the league, people are just automatically just, they're not giving him the benefit of the doubt. That's this is what it is. That's Sacramento Kings fans for you. The number one player here that Ryan, this next one, number one player that Kings cast is going to have to defend throughout the year. You can go. I go, Buddy Hill, dude, it's going to be Buddy Hill again because Buddy Hill's going to shoot 10 to 12 three-pointers a game, okay? His stats, just like last year, the percentages are going to be there, okay? And people say, well, he was down. I still think he shot like 39% from the three-point line, right? His, you know, eventually his percentages are going to get there. His points per game are going to be 20-plus, you know? So people are going to – there is going to be games that he's a shooter. It happens to everybody. Look at Steph Curry last night, 7 for 21 or something like that. You know, they're going to have those games where shooters just don't shoot. And there's going to be the games where Buddy Heald's one for 10. Buddy Heald went two for two for nine from the three-point line. It's going to happen. But 
Shooters need to shoot. When you got a top three three point shooter in the league, dude, you need to let that guy pull the trigger regardless. It's gonna happen, you know. And then you know, people are just gonna look at that and 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 especially, dude, especially because your fan favorite Tyrese Halliburton's gonna be on the bench, dude. It's all just it's a big wheel, dude, with Sacramento Kings fans. You know, <laughs> we're gonna have to defend Buddy Heald because they're gonna be in the background saying, Well, Halliburton, he needs to develop. Halliburton needs those minutes. Look at how he affects the game overall. And it's like, nah, bro, you got Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald needs to play, dude. So Buddy Heald, again, two years in a row, we're going to be defending him. Well, it's like, it's like my predictions. Your last two is like what I said. You talked about uh, Rashawn Holmes, and, and that's what I said. I think that, I think that realistically, Rashawn Holmes' play is the power forward, and Billy Bealise is a better suited power forward for them you know, because of his shooting ability. And I think Bagley's going to play some center. And it's the same thing right here, like I said about Halbert, about he's going to be the most overhyped player because you're right. It, it, it's something if, if I were, you know, I, I agree with you with Buddy Hill, and I'll drop my player here in a second, but on your take with Buddy Hill, people get frustrated with shooters because they, they're especially volume shooters because it's not – there are those stretches at halftime, like you said. And, and you know what, though? Last year, I have tons of box scores. I save a lot of stuff. Uh, box scores, uh, but, but bogey, you know, last year, tons of times, 0 for 10. There was time in the bubble. He was 0 for 11 the whole game, 0 for 11. Um, and so it happens when you're a volume shooter, those things are going to happen, and, and they do frustrate people. But you're right on your take. My guy, okay, that I'm, this is going to surprise you. The guy that we're going to have to defend this season, Ryan, is going to be De'Aaron Fox. That's going to be who, who I think we're going to have to defend. And here's why I think we're going to have to de- defend it, because I've already seen the money changes everything, right? The money is uh, changes perceptions for some reason, sets expectations. And we heard it early on, like he's not worth the max, max. And realistically this year, he's not going to average you know, 28 points a game and do all this. And especially if the Kings don't make the playoffs, people are going to be extremely critical. I think that because of the money, there's heightened expectations on the guy. And it's like I said in, in episode uh, preview one, that he, at this point, he is still semi-one-dimensional as a scorer. And I think that in the NBA with athletic teams, te- and especially guys so, uh, you know, so, so good like him, that teams are will intentionally try to take him out and will be able to take him out for parts of game. So there's going to be a game where he's only going to have 12 points. You know, he's not he's eight assists. It's going to be one of those games. And then the Kings take an L and what happens at the end of the game, they look at what they think is the best player, the highest paid player, and it's going to be criticizing him. And I think we're going to have to really uh, defend De'Aaron Fox a lot this year. What do you think about that? Uh, kind of random, but right. No, and I, I and I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, you know, I kind of I thought about it, but you know, I I think that Darren Fox is just gonna he's gonna put up those numbers this year, dude. You know, I, I there's just no reason why the guy shouldn't average twenty three a game, seven assists. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be there, and he's gonna have those plays that are that are like those highlight ESPN stuff. You know, that is gonna make everybody feel better. You know, you're going to see Darren Fox on, on SportsCenter Top 10 a lot this year. And I think those are the kind of stuff right there that just makes people feel better. Woosah, calm them down. They're not really going to point fingers. I'm telling you, dude, we did a whole episode on the defense of Buddy Heal, dude. I'm predicting we do at least two more this season. Um, so, all right. Next, next category, please. 
So this one will be the fun one. So that, those are like Kane's cast categories. It's fun because I don't think any people do things like everything I hear is leading score, most improved. Uh, most improved, uh, Ryan, probably Bagley. Do we even fucking talk about that? Probably not, no, right? No. You know, we don't need to talk about all this stuff. So you guys, you, you know. Um, this one will be the, you know, stereotypical standard category. Uh, who's going to be the leading score for the Kings? I'm going to go because you got, you got to go first and last one, right? Sure. So me? Okay. Leading score, I think it's going to be Buddy Heald. I think it's be buddy. Mm. I think I, th- I think and in and the reason is is like I said I think that him and Fox are right are neck and neck, and I think that Buddy I really think Buddy Hill's gonna have such a good year this year. I'm 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 kind of putting my eggs in that basket, and I think it's gonna it's going to be that Darren Fox is I think Darren Fox is gonna stay around the twenty to twenty two somewhere in that range, but I really think. I really think Buddy Hill is going to hit 23 this year. That's going to be my number for him, 23. And I think it's because he's – if you look at last year, I mean, the guy was 19 point whatever last year, right? And and that was coming off the bench most of the season and, and what I believe was a stupid-ass uh, scheme and a stupid-ass role for him, and he still managed to get that. I think that this year, him getting the full confidence of the lineup, him getting, uh, you know, utilized correctly, I hope, I think it just increases that scoring a little bit, and I think he's a leading score because of that. What do you think? Oof. I'm gonna go Buddy Hield as well. I am Ooh, okay. gonna go Buddy Hield as I'm gonna go Buddy Hield as well because of everything you just said, and um, you know, I, I you talked about this earlier, and you know, we saying that Buddy Hield should probably lead the team in minutes. It's you know he needs to play Harrison Barnes minutes. Last year, Buddy Hield played 30.8 minutes a game. I think Buddy needs to play 34 minutes a night. And I think that if that happens, there's no reason, again, why Buddy Heald shouldn't average 24 a game, dude. There's no reason at all. Um, so, yes, I'm, I don't really need to elaborate too much, but Buddy Heald is my leading scorer this year. Yeah, so I think those are all – I think they're all good predictions, man. Um, I, I, I kind of <laughs> – I, I really – I've just – wanted to close it off i said i really do believe in, in buddy hill man i really do i really do i don't think he's gonna get traded i'm, I'm optimistic about this backcourt i think this backcourt has the potential to be super special this year and, and 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 really up there with really good backcourts in the nba too because what we're kind of predicting ryan is we're predicting 20 points from the point guard we're predicting 23 points from the shooting guard um super hyper athletic i think that buddy hill is going to improve his uh deficiencies this year defense particularly and some of the turnover stuff and him not handling the ball. And I think that that's really going to help the Kings overall. I'm super excited about the backcourt. Um, I guess maybe one more quick category I just thought of, Ryan. Most excited uh, player to watch. Is it, is, it, is it Bagley for us? Is he most excited player Bagley. for us? For sure. Bagley. Consensus, yeah. And, and we think, what do you think? We've been talking about this. I think it's going to be around 16 and 10. That's where I'm at. 16, 10 points. Yeah, I'm right around. I was right around there. I've, you know, I, every time we come on here, I know I'm throwing out different numbers because it's it's just like the ballpark that I'd like to see him in 17 and nine, 17, 16, 10 around there. Yes. hundred percent. Anything less than that's not acceptable. Yeah. And I, well, and I think the cool thing about Bagley, he's freaking big, he's athletic. And, and we've seen that in limited minutes, his floor is 15 and eight. And that's like in 20 minutes, you know, and that's him being hurt, barely playing. Every time he comes in, he sees 15 and eight. So, yeah. Um, so, all right, the Kings, let's talk about the Kings, Ryan, because man, the, uh, everybody's crazy. I talked about early on when I started off this episode about setting expectations and people like to set expectations for a team. And then when the season's over, they like to look back at their expectations beginning of the year. And they like to, talk about how they feel based on those expectations. What I mean by that is like a couple of years ago, 
when the Kings, the, the season, they, the last Jaeger's last season here, the Kings finished the ninth, the ninth seed, right? Well, ever, you know, people, Vegas or whatever, didn't pick him to win high. And a lot of people in Kingsland didn't pick him to win a bunch of games. And so they, they were surprisingly better. You ever hear that take? The Kings were surprisingly good this year. And then at the end of the year, it's all rainbows and butterflies, and they're all fucking loving it because we weren't supposed to be this good. So we are this good. Better be grateful, right? And then last year, it was the Kings should be decent, and they yep. weren't as good. It's that whole dance, okay? Um, your expectations for this team this year, right? Um, I will say this. We, and we've talked about this a lot, so I, I feel comfortable putting this on there speaking for you. What do you think? I think there's about seven or eight teams better than the Kings right now, right? Would you Guar- agree? Gu- guaranteed teams, yes. Hunt, guaranteed. Seven, seven guaranteed, yes. So I will name the teams. You tell me yes or no. Lakers. Yes. Clippers. Yes. Nuggets. Yes. Uh, Jazz. Yes. Mavericks. Yes. Trailblazers. Yes. Did I say the Jazz already? Yes. Okay, did I say the Rockets? No, you haven't said them, but yes, Rockets. Okay, Rockets. All right, after that, Suns. Now we're at seven already, all right? Are the Suns better than the Kings? Don't elaborate yet. It's just yes or no or right there, right there with them. What do you think? Suns? Same tier. Okay, uh, Pelicans? Same tier. Warriors? That's the interesting one. Warriors, I think. So I think the Warriors... So we counted seven teams, and, and it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Trailblazers. Those are the seven. You think that the Warriors, what do you think about the Warriors? Where do they fall? You think they're, they're, the, do, they're, they're the same tier as Sacramento. Sacramento can compete with them. You think so. But right now, preseason predictions, you put them, I, I'm going to put them at eight. That's where I would they're put my, them. They, they'd be my eighth seed right now, yes. So right now, going into the season, we believe that there's eight teams better than the Kings. All right? Now... What's the top tier? You know, if, if breaking up this in, in top tier, what's the top top tier? Like the upper echelon Lakers, of the Western Conference: Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. Lakers, Clippers, the Clippers, Nuggets. All right, and then and that would kind of round off the top three, and that was the top three yep. last year. All right, yep. what's that middle tier for you? Uh, four uh, Jazz, Jazz Blazers, Mavericks, Rockets. That's that tier. It's a toss up between all them. So that's uh, that. That rounds up four through seven. Yeah. So that those those three teams right there, or whatever four teams I just laid out, those teams right there, it's going to be a toss up. They can very easily be the seven seed, and they can very easily be the four seed. And which is interesting, you say. I know you're. I know you're. So again, Ryan. I bet Ryan mentioned it early. Like we don't script the show or do any, anything like that. And Ryan's going off the top of his head right here. So you talked about Ryan last year. Actually, four through seven was separated by a game. So uh, the yeah, Rockets, the, Thunder, was just the Jazz, that, the Mavericks, uh, yeah. they, they were all 44 wins, and then the Mavericks had 43 wins. And then the eighth seed was far behind with the Blazers at 35 yep. wins. Out, outlier. Outlier for this, though. Okay. With all this talk about James Harden, okay, with all, all of this talk about, you know, like he's, he was at the strip club last night again, okay, maskless, getting presents from strippers, dude. It's a real thing. Look it up. Uh, love it. Hey, yeah, he's a legend, dude. I'd love to have him in Sacramento. There's not too many strip clubs, but I'm sure we can make that happen. Anyways, um, if if James Harden gets traded, okay, and they bring back, I don't know, Ben Simmons and some future picks, or they bring back, you know, I saw some stuff like Drew Holiday and some future picks, I think the Rockets could possibly fall out of that. 
I do. I, I don't think there's depth. I think that they need that 35 points a game. So that's the team that I have them in now with James Harden, but be on the lookout. That's my one team I'm going to put asterisks next to and say that's to be decided. A lot of people will probably criticize us about putting the Warriors on that bubble. And honestly, we're, I know that the season started last night and they played last night. Uh, we're smarter than that. We're no, in no way influenced on one fucking game in the NBA. Like, sorry. I mean, we're not influenced by that. Um, why do you think that the Warriors are a bubble team? What's your reasoning? It's the lack, the lack of depth, dude. It's the lack of depth. When you, you know, you roll out there and, you know, Draymond's out right now. Okay. But your backup, the, the, the person they started at power forward last night was Pichal. The second player, where do you, where do you go? Villanova, whatever. Very good player last year. Right. But also that was on a 15 win Warriors team and he got his shots and all that stuff. They're undersized. Okay. Your big man who started last night was a 19 year old who literally played like three college games. Okay. Super athletic, super talented. You know, he's got high potential, whatever. Um, outside of that, you have Kavon Looney, uh, Ubre Wiggins, you know, good players, talented players, but you know, I, I don't think that they're ready dude. And I think, it showed, especially like when Sacramento, I'm going off of when Sacramento played them, just the lack of depth, dude. The lack of depth on that roster is, it's atrocious, dude. That secondary unit's bad. Can you, name, can you name three players? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, they're a rolled, and that's the thing, like, like a lot of teams, they're a rolled ankle or they're a, a COVID exposure two weeks quarantine away from losing out and then all of a sudden you're you're in the thick you're in the thick of a race i mean if you look at the western conference last year uh nine through 13 was only separated by three or four games right so everyone's in the thick of that and that's that's one bad week that's someone getting sick that's an ankle rolling that's a bad matchup you just didn't perform dude, one night that is a steph that's that's a steph curry yep that is a steph curry rolled ankle dude from being a very bad team bad and i just and Again, i don't want to i think we should depth man we shouldn't make our predictions like, oh, if this happens, because that's like not strong take, but it is realistic, right? And if you look at the Kings last year, the Kings finished, um, you know, okay, Trailblazers 35 wins, Kings 31 wins, and that's with two months of shit lineups of Deadman, <laughs> of Ariza, of Fox out, Bagley out, and they were still four games behind that AC. So that's, I think just putting it in perspective, it's like, it's not that far off. You can have a really bad stretch. And that's why it is important for the games to come out strong and kind of stay afloat and have that continuity to compete in that tier. So we're going to give the Warriors the benefit of the doubt just because Steph Curry. But I think it's the same conversation all around. One, there's two teams here, Ryan, that really I think are the big competitors for the Kings that in my, in my belief, actually three teams. Okay, that are getting the benefit of the doubt over the Kings, and that's the Grizzlies, the Suns, and the Pelicans. Those teams, those three teams are all getting the benefit of the doubt. I've heard a lot of people penciling the Suns in right away. Um, my, here's my take on the Suns, all right? I, I think that, that the Suns are, they have a lot of holes. I mean, I, Chris Paul is cool. He's Chris Paul, but, like, Chris Paul's not that good. Like, he's not that good. They traded Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is 18 points a game for them last year, you know, and, 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 that's a huge loss. And Ricky Rubio, it's not like Ricky Rubio was terrible. He's a good defensive point guard. He kind of did the same stuff that Chris Paul kind of did. Now, they'll be formidable. Maybe it'll be an organ, like a more organized, efficient team that's, you know, like we're talking about with Sacramento, has a certain identity and plays within that identity all season because you have such a strong point guard like that. But I don't know about just giving them the benefit of the doubt right away. Um, You know, is... 
what do you think? Is DeAndre Ayton that good already well, to where he's okay, separating so everybody? Th- and that's that what, what I was that's where I was gonna you know, people can say whatever they want. Oh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, all right. Devin Booker the last three years has averaged 26.6, 26.6, and like 25 a game. The last three years. And they haven't freaking won. All right. It's going to come down to how good is DeAndre Ayton. We all know what Chris Paul is going to do. You know, Chris Paul this year being a little older, Chris Paul is going to probably put up, I'd say, 15 points a game, eight and nine assists. All right. That's what he's going to give you. It's going to come down to DeAndre Ayton because you, I, I got the roster pulled up right now. There's not a lot of depth again. That's one of the things that is going to help this year. So you got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, Jalen Smith, Mikal Bridges, Javon Carter, Sarich, Cameron Payne, Abdel Nader, Lang- Langston Galloway, Damian Jones, Etwan Moore, Cam Johnson, right? Outside of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, not a lot going on that roster at all, at all. Like Jay Crowder's a cool player. You know, but outside of those top three guys, there's not a lot going on that roster. And, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, look what the Suns did in the bubble last year. I don't, I don't, the, the bubble doesn't carry much weight with me at all. You know, I, I'm not too high on the bubble play last year. It is, it was what it was. Okay. So for people automatically to throw Phoenix in there, I don't know. I think Phoenix definitely is going to be improved, but I think, you know, teams like Sacramento are improved. New Orleans is improved. New Orleans is improved. Um, Memphis, you know, they, they can be a little more improved. So if people just automatically give the Suns a shot to the, to the playoffs, dude, pump the brakes because I got to see it first. You do. You got to see it first. It's, it's just, I don't know why you just, you know, crowning people just to crown them early. I think it's, it's one of those things like we're, we're not, we, like Ryan laid it out there, there's the potential for them to be better. And sure, you know, I would be, would you be surprised? I'm not going to be surprised, no, but it's, no. but it's right now to say, yep, that's, that's it. That's it. And I think that we're, we're going to say it's pretty wide open. And um, the thing about Aiden is, you know, Aiden is good. He's good. Right. But Aiden at 30 minutes, I'm looking at, you know, 16 to 18 and 10. It's like, you know, I, I'm going to, I think one of the things that you and I do is we factor in Bagley and his potential impact on the team. And that's where he was two years ago when, when the Kings were the ninth seed, the ninth seed is that he played at a high level. I mean, if eight and 16 and 10, and this year he's 18 and 11 and Bagley's 16 and 11 and 16. I mean, it's, it, I, I, you know, we have our own guy as well. I think the big hole there is, is really, I brought up Kelly Oubre and it's their wing spot. That's why that's the big hole for me. You have yep. a good backcourt, but the wing spots, you know, and Jay Crowder's cool, but Harrison Barnes is better than him. <laughs> you know, he's better than him. Yeah. You know, Jay well, Crowder's and not this, much and this is why we brought up Deion, this is why we brought up DeAndre Aiden because last year DeAndre Aiden was eighteen point two and eleven and a half. That's yeah. you know, if if DeAndre Aiden bumps up to twenty two and twelve. Phoenix could be a real big That's issue. Such but, a big jump, though. I mean, if he goes twenty-two and twelve, we're putting him in. We're putting him in the tier of like, there's crazy dude, tier. Yes, yeah, yeah. And and I think there's a possibility he jumps to that. But you have to look at it this way as well. There's nobody behind him. There is no. They just had. They just went and got picked up Kaminsky again because they had nobody, dude. So a guy that Sacramento waves is now the backup center in Phoenix. You know, there is no depth. And a lot of people are going to point, you know, and this is what's really bugged me about this whole Chris Paul thing is everyone's crowning Phoenix as a playoff team, is last year in Oklahoma City, that team was pretty loaded. Not superstar loaded, but they had guys. You had Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You know, those are le- that's a legit, what I just named, six players. That is very good six players right there, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody else. But that's a legit six guys. 
that was a it was a good roster. You you were all around. You you hit all the key uh, the key things that you need in a good team. And Phoenix, dude, the lack of lack of depth is going to kill them this year. And I'm telling you right now, don't crown them as the six or seven seed. All right, that team could very easily be bottom of the West again. You know what team scares me the most, honestly, in this tier that we're putting them in is is the uh is the pelicans that's yeah. that's the that's pelicans. the one team yeah. that scares yeah. me a little bit yeah. because uh, you know eric yeah. eric bledsoe's cool he's a real yeah. cool player good defensive player lonzo ball has is now going into these next couple of years just like darren fox where you know lonzo ball's not a not a, a terrible he, player he's, you know he's a very good player he is good player. He's a very good player yeah. and then you have brandon ingram who god i mean he's a win scorer at 25 a game and then and then yeah. they go get stephen adams and then they and then zion. obviously they get zion it's got like jj reddick still that's that the team, team that scares dude, me that, the most that, that that new orleans team okay and i'm glad you finally brought them up that new orleans team is i don't go crown people before it happens all right, but that New Orleans team could be a huge problem in the West. A huge, just because the depth, the the length, the superstar power that they have. Dude, a lot of people are saying that Zion Williams is going to come out and average 30 points a game this year. People really believe that, dude. And it's, you know, the, that, that Pelicans team, you know, I don't like to crown people before it happens, but that Pelicans team could uh, be a huge problem. It's just shooting. That's that's what that's what I think the Pelicans lack is their lack of shooting. But we'll see. That and that team really scares me. I would say right there that you know it, it, we don't have all day. Oh, we will do this later on, right? But we don't have all day to see here and break down teams. I think a lot, like a lot of teams, there's a lot of holes. Um, still, I think that their their backcourt, the way that their backcourt is going to score, is going to be kind of limited. It's undersized a little bit. Um, I think they're going to be super reliant on Zion and Brandon Ingram to produce a lot of points. I think they'll be a good defensive front court team, but at one through three, I don't know how good. I mean, I know Eric Bledsoe's oh, a good on-ball defender. I Josh Hart, too, dude. You talk about on-ball defenders, Josh Hart, bro. That's yeah. sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good player, Josh Hart. So defensive, reliant on a couple players, interior scoring, and then a wing score. So, I mean, there's there's the holes, but that's the one team that scares me. Yes. The team that, the team that honestly, I think is going to get brought back to earth this year is going to be the freaking Memphis Grizzlies, dude. Yep. I think Memphis is going to get brought back to earth this year. I think so many people have have just hyped them. Obviously, there's stuff going on with, with John Morant. You know, Darren Fox is better than John Morant. It's not even, to me, it's like, okay, John Morant, you dunk. You, you, you tomahawk dunk uh, cool you know i you know like i think they benefited from last year because they they played well in a in a period where other teams in that tier weren't playing well and they kind of shot up a little bit at that time but at the end of the, at the, end of the day they didn't finish much better than everybody else i think that uh i think their front court is i mean jaron jackson is cool but eh, you know jaron jackson uh, i don't know how how good he is i mean he's not like all world beater, you know, he's still a young forward, you know, Valachunas is a good player. Um, I, the one guy I really like, I've always loved is justice Winslow. That's, that's a guy who's when you have an uh, elite on ball defender playing the wing like that. I really like that. I think was it Dylan Brooks is their, is their shooting guard. It's all off the top of my head, man. So Dylan, he's Dylan okay. Brooks, yeah. He's okay. See, uh, you know? I got the roster right here. I got the roster right here and it's another, you know, all right, so you got Justice Winslow, Valanchunas, Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly, Jonte Porter, John Morant, DeAnthony Melton, Sean McDermott, John Conchar, Tyus Jones, Jaron Jackson, Gorgie Jang, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Kyle Anderson, Grayson Allen. 
Nah, sorry. I just I just hear a lot of syllables, dude. I didn't hear yeah. a lot of names. I just heard a lot of syllables sorry. there. Sorry. Outside of out, you know Jonas Valanciunas, very good player, very good player. But I think that's why Whiteside was to broad was brought in to for guys like Jonas Valanciunas, um, Brandon Clark. You know whatever. Dylan Brooks is a cool player, but Buddy Hill, Dylan Brooks, Buddy Hill, Darren Fox, Darren Fox. Um, what's his face? John Morant. <laughs> John Morant. Now I'm taking Darren Fox. You know Justice Winslow, Harrison Barnes, taking Harrison Barnes. Oh, really? I'd take Justice Winslow. I like Justice Winslow. Not right now. Not right now, I wouldn't. I, I think that Justice Winslow's lack of scoring is just going to kill him. But it is, is going to kill ja- him. Jaron Jackson, Marvin Bagley, wash. People say yeah. whatever. Jaron Jackson's hurt right now anyway. And he's, then been Valen- just, he's been hurt just, just like Bagley's been hurt, but no one played, ever criticized him for it. Well, Jaron Jackson's played 56 games in both years of his career, So, which Marvin Bagley played more games in year one. Um, and then Valanchunas, Whiteside, slash Holmes, uh, I'm taking our big men. And then bench, bench-wise, I'm taking our bench, dude. So people, you know, automatically saying that Memphis is going to be there. Pump the brakes, dude. So, so far, we really have New Orleans as our, as our team that's the, the real threat so far. Well, the, uh, and then the, the, sun, the Suns are, are the see, real threat. I think they're a real see, threat. I just don't think that it's like – lack of, The lack of depth, dude. I'm t- it's the lack of depth. Now no, that I'm bringing I, up rosters. Now that I'm bringing up rosters and, and I'm starting to process what we're talking about, the lack of depth, dude, I, I – I, yeah, they're going to be cool. All right, but you know what happens when Chris Paul gets tired? He's thirty-five, thirty-six. You know, he can't play thirty-five minutes no more. And he's gotten hurt in the past in big time. So uh, the the I think one of the big unknown here is uh, you know now we have to spend all day on it, but it is the Spurs. The Spurs are this weird team that you kind of have to factor because they're coach, but they were better than the Kings last year. And it's like nope, I, you nope. Sac- Sacramento all- the year before last, Sacramento beat them all four games. Okay, they played them four times. Sacramento went four and zero against them, and I think last year Sacramento went three and one. I think it was what something like that or two, whatever. We won that series too. So San Antonio, dude, nah, you got an aged Rudy Gay who's gonna come off the bench. You have a 35, 36 year old Lamarcus Aldridge. You have Deontay Murray, Derek White, Demar nah. Rosen still scores. Demar Derozan, who's gonna be thirty two, which whatever though, you know, like he's not a perimeter threat. He's very slashing whatever I, I don't see it dude i don't He's, see i i think san antonio a lot of people are putting them up there just because popovich but nah dude i think i think san antonio has the chance to be bottom bottom of the west second would, second I'm, to worst personally i'm gonna put them in that in that tier i'm gonna put them in the bottom so to recap the tier for what we would consider the ninth seed we're going uh you know, you have Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, uh, Pelicans, right? All four of those. And I think fringe of that is mm-hmm. the Spurs. I don't think the Spurs are in the bottom, bottom tier, but I think they're on the fringe of the tier I'm talking about. And I think of all of those teams, I'm right now I'm going to give the nod to the Pelicans just because of all the things we've listed. But I think the Kings are right there with them. So uh, m- moving on, Ryan, is that one thing I talked about how teams are going to be active and they're still evaluating their, their rosters. I, I think for what the, right now, I think the Kings, what they need to do is I think they need to uh, – they're going to need to make an acquisition, to, in my opinion, to take that one nudge. And I think that the acquisition is either going to be an additional wing player or improve the backup guard position significantly. And I think those can easily be done. That's why I talked about Holmes. That's why hey, Jabari Parker's contract's at 15. I mean, really, if the Kings really wanted to, they could go and trade you know, Jabari Parker and Holmes, that's, that's over 20 million right there of expiring deals that they can get a, a bigger deal back for a year or two and, and really try to compete. I think what's going to happen, this is my prediction. I think what's going to happen is the teams, the Kings are going to run successfully in this tier that we're talking about and be in the thick of this tier. 
And I'm, I think what's going to happen is all the things we've predicted. I think Buddy Hill is going to play well, blah, 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 right? And what's going to happen is that come close to the trade deadline, it's going to be too easy to trade what we would consider those expiring deals to go get a player and just try. I, I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be successful. It's too difficult to predict this year. I'm not going to predict. We're going to predict that the Kings are in the ninth seed tier and they're going to have to go get a player to get better. But we think it's possible and we think that they should. And I want to emphasize that we think they should because so many people have said, well, they're in that tier and they've automatically excluding them. They think they're about 10 or 11 and they think they shouldn't make that move. And we think that they're going to be in that tier and they should. All right. What do you think? I'm spot on with you. I think that Sacramento is, you know, I'd put the night seat tier. They're all going to be separate. Just like four through seven is going to be separated. That nine through 12 is going to be separated by a game and a half, right? For all of them. I think they're all going to battle it out. And I think the last man standing, you know, even you can tie in the Warriors and the eight seed in this, the last team standing is going to be the team with the most depth. And we're, we're going to see, man, I, I really think Sacramento can compete. They're going to, you know, they're, they're going to be a hard team to play night in, night out, dude. You know, you're going to be tired. You're coming to Sacramento and you're going to have to chase around Darren Fox. You're going to have to close out on Buddy Heald. You're going to have to deal with an energetic Marvin Bagley. So the Kings are going to be a hard team to come and play they're not they're not uh they're not down at the bottom dude they're not sorry they're just not at the bottom no more there's athletes here there's talent here you have to bring your a game every time you come to sacramento now it's just it is what it is rapid fire ryan uh who's your final four teams final four teams in the nba uh at for the for like the conference semis yeah or the conference finals yeah uh shit dude uh lakers okay i'll go lakers bucks um, no, 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 no. Uh, conference for final I am, four. I am, I am. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm giving my top two right now. Lakers, okay. Bucks, and then okay, this the next team in the East. I don't think Miami does it again. Um, I'll go 76ers. I'll go Philadelphia. A lot of people, I, think I, it's, yeah. I, I, I think Philadelphia, and I think they're going to make a move too, and then. In the Western Conference, gosh, man, it just it depends, dude. It it depends. I'm not high on the Clippers, you know. Even though they came on, be I don't, I just don't see it. A lack of depth again. I, I don't think the team's that great, you know. Point guard wise, backup point guard wise, not very good. Um, the Nuggets are interesting just because there's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs. They lost they lost Jeremy Grant. A lot of what ifs with the Nuggets. What if Michael Porter develops, right? What if Bull Bull's an impact guy? What if Jamal Murray plays like he did, like he did in the bubble? Um, damn, dude. Got to pick it. I'm going to go. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go Blazers, dude. I'm going to go Blazers. I think the Blazers have revamped their their line. Dude, when you have a backup lineup that has Ennis Cantor, Derek Jones, Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent, dude, that's something to be trifled with. That's a big that's a big deal. And them adding Rocco to the to their starting lineup, his ability to play defense saves CJ McCollum's and Damian Lillard's deficiencies. Um Nurkic is back. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go Blazers. There we go. Blazers Lakers. Your, all right, and then your championship uh Lakers and 
Lakers 76ers, dude. I don't think Milwaukee does it. They, they're not enough. I think Lakers, Lakers, Sixers, and I think the Lakers, if I can kick the shit out of them, they, I think they sweep them. 4-0, Lakers. Uh, okay, my, my final four is I'm going um, Lakers, and, and I'm going the Nuggets, all right? Because I don't – I'm not buying into the Clippers, so I go Lake, Lakers, Lakers, Nuggets, and then the East, I'm going with, with Brooklyn, and I'm going with the Bucks. Oh, shit. Yeah, you didn't pick. Oh, Brooklyn. I forgot I about. I for, oh, dude! Oh, I, you no, screwed hey, up. No, think. No, I you forgot. Think. Well, you asked. I you asked. Hey, Brooklyn. Sorry. Take no. I, dude, I forgot. I totally forgot. Come dude, on, dude. Back. You spent you spent like four four minutes breaking down everything dude, you talk about. Brooklyn. I forgot about Brooklyn, bro. Come on, dude. You asked me these. You asked me this stuff on the spot. Okay. Brooklyn. So I. All right. So I'm going. I'm going with the Brooklyn and the Bucks, and then I'm going Lakers and Nuggets. And then I'm going with Brooklyn and the Lakers in the championship, and I'm going with the Lakers over over the Nets. I think I I really think yes. that uh, I think Kevin Durant's gonna win the MVP. Who do you think's gonna yes, win the MVP? Yes, yes, dude. I can't believe. Hey, I'm just not used to them being back, dude. I didn't even think. Yes, Brooklyn, you're right, dude. Thank you. All right, so yeah, I'm in your MVP. You going LeBron? Nah, nah, not LeBron. I think I I think you're spot on with KD. I think KD's about to have a year, dude. Um, so Brooklyn Lakers championship, uh, everything. Uh, last thing, Ryan, before we wrap, is that the uh, you know there is uh, we didn't break this down because I didn't want to do it this way, but there is this kind of play-in kind of deal scenario again, like this wild card play-in game, and so you know the Kings just have to be in that tier in the top of that tier, they could potentially get into that. So there's so much hope for the Kings to get in. It's even more incentive for them to be active throughout the year and trying to get better and not trying to get worse because this could be a way you can sneak in this year. So, uh, hey, guys, part two's down. There you go. So there's Kings Cast Season Preview. Check out part one. Check out part two. Share. Let your friends know. Five-star reviews all around on Apple Podcasts and everything. So we appreciate you listening in. If you guys ever want to interact, be a part of the show you can do so by tagging us on twitter and facebook you can find me and ryan at Kingscast eric and at Kingscast ryan uh, we're active on a number of facebook groups uh, you can join our facebook group kingsland we partner with casey yost he's active on there he's kind of the director admin on there we do a lot of Kings chatter throughout the season if you're not on get on so really looking forward to this season man it's so excited kingsland's cracking i can't believe basketball's back and we're juiced so with that for ryan this is eric go kings Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.